Esad Ribic and you're listening uh, Across the Bifrost. Whoever holds this hammer, if it be worthy, shall possess the power of thought. everybody welcome to across the bifrost this is the mighty thor podcast where on each and every episode we explore the world of marvel's mighty thor i am your host ryan Doze, and i am joined by other co-host will rose today will are you excited for our interview today fantastic like and i grew like a little bit of facial hair to match the other people I'm on the Zoom with just for this particular interview. It, it is, it, it is. I, I, I kind of compared him to Con, uh, Sean Connery earlier. I don't know if that's the best, the best description of him, uh, no. but you're getting rid of it in a few weeks anyway. So it, yeah, won't, yeah. it won't have a long shelf well, life. After, after I go skiing and snowboarding. Come for Red October, definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, All okay. right, good. Well, hey, everybody, that was the voice of our of our distinguished guest. Isad Ripik is here to talk about some Thor comics. Yeah. No, it's right. I mean, you do look very uh, Hunt for Red October, Sean Connery. Oh, that's a good pull, Isad. Good nice. Pull. I have to rewatch that or show it to my wife and say, see, he looks cool. Don't you think I look cool? We are today coming to the close. This is the final episode of our Jason Aaron retrospective. We are going to be covering King Thor with uh, the artist himself. Isad's here to to talk a little bit about his career, work on Thor, and then we're going to talk about King Thor, and we're going to shut the door on this Jason Aaron run. It's going to be a good episode, so let's let's just jump in. Uh, Isad, mm-hmm. we're, uh, we start this uh, conversation off with, with all of our creators that come on the show the same way. Where in the nine realms do you call home? Uh, Croatia, Croatia, and uh, if you could be from a like, if you could be from a like one of the realms of Idrisil, what which which you think embodies you uh, the the most the or the best? I don't know. Is there like a lazy realm? <laughs> a lazy river? Is there like I, a, a realm that has a lazy river you can just float around? <laughs> the, the the big tree, the big tree, just right. lazy river around the the life tree. Yeah, look, man, I'm all about comfort. So whatever that fits in, uh, uh, you know, where else—that's where I am. Wherever the laziest, wherever the laziest uh, people yeah. are valued and respect. I mean, hey, you might be, you might be able to hang out with the dwarves. They seem like they they could have a good time, but like be like a little chill about it. Uh, yeah. Nadavalier, then we'll, we'll we'll send Isad off to Nadavalier uh, <laughs> when we're done here. But uh, what I I wanted to kind of before we get to like you working as a creator, like what were your earliest first moments of comics, superheroes, that the whole kind of medium? So uh, uh, growing up, where I grew up, uh, I didn't really read. Uh, any superhero comics i grew up on uh, french italian and spanish stuff mostly okay. european comics uh so i heard of uh, that stuff and i would occasionally see it there, there was like a magazine that was publishing uh, some marvel stuff it was actually called marvel magazine okay uh, so i read some of that stuff there 
but that was probably like just like two percent of what i was reading back then most of it was just european stuff so uh through that i became a fan of uh, john buscema oh okay so, yeah. and frank frazetta because first issue of that marvel magazine had uh uh, uh Silver Surfer, and it had a Frank Rosetta's Conan cover. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so for me, that was like, oh, fuck, this is great, you know. Yeah, Never that tracks. Any those, yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, that was my way in. But to tell you the truth, most of the uh, at that point, it was only Marvel comics that they were publishing here. I, I didn't like. I liked uh, Silver Surfer. I liked uh, Tomb of Dracula. Oh, you know? and I liked yes. Conan. You know, so those those were, and I only liked Conan when Buscema did it. Okay. Whenever they would have an episode, you know, done by anybody else, I was not interested. Uh, so all of my, uh, well, you can't really call any of those superheroes really. Uh, you know, uh, uh, American stuff that I read as a kid was that. Uh, then later I ran into X-Men. I hated that shit. You know, <laughs> I ran into Fantastic Four. I yeah. hated that shit. You uh -huh. know, and so so literally I liked nothing uh, until I, much later, I was already, I would guess I was 17 or something. I read uh, 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 Electro Assassin by Bill Sienkiewicz and oh. Frank Miller, mm -hmm. which I thought was a masterpiece, you know. <clears throat> and I still do. And then, uh, like a little later, I read uh, Dark Knight, which I didn't like that much. Uh, okay. Like, uh, I understand why it's uh, seen in such a high regard in the U.S., but coming from Europe and reading uh, comics that were much less, uh, uh, you know, rigid in what they could depict and stuff like that, it just didn't seem that uh, mm. revolutionary to me. Okay. Uh, it was just, okay, it's a, it's a good book. I just don't see what's so masterful about it you know okay uh, so so it's a different perspective you know i grew up on some totally different stuff uh i was never just a comic geek per se like i loved illustration i loved painting uh, uh and all that to me all of that was the same so you know like i'm a big fan of for example uh, like Renaissance painting, you know, I, I never made a, in my mind, all of that stuff, uh, good comic books, you know, uh, you can call it high art stuff, and uh, like uh, Brandywine illustrations, you know, to me, that's all the same field. Hmm. Uh, when hmm. I started actually working in US and uh, realized that uh they're kind of oh well you're expected to just work on comics here but i was like i do all of that shit what's your point you know yeah like, uh so it so was, it was kind of uh, i i needed some time to adjust to that 
you know. And like there's I think there's several different facets of your career that I'm like I, I want to like dig into deeper and i i like some of the things you said in there like we're just i, I feel like will i feel like we've got like a a, a gold mine to like pick <laughs> apart little bits and nuggets from i'm actually really curious when you said that you were reading other other stuff that wasn't you know it wasn't mainstream u.s comics were they like were they like european like genre comics what kind of like vibe why what what set those comics as apart so much because You've been a part of, you know, my you've been a part of my comic book experience for a long time with US comics. So I'm just curious as to how do you see the difference between the two? Well, I would say that uh, the difference these days is uh, not even as much as it, as it used to be back then. Because uh, remember I started in 96 in US. Okay. I don't knew that. Uh, uh <laughs> Uh, I was working for this small company, Antarctic Press, do, doing some of that stuff. Uh, uh, and uh, there was much more cross-pollination uh, during the last, like, three de de decades uh, than uh, before that, you know. So in, like, early 80s, 70s, and before that, I would say American comics market was... Uh, like its own thing and uh, uh, comics in Europe were something totally different. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, comics in Japan were something totally different. Right. These days, everybody influences everybody else. Hmm. So there's, you know, you, you, you can see a bunch of that stuff. Like there's, well, there's a lot of European artists and uh, writers working, uh, you know, in US. So that's part of that too, you know, uh, so the situation it is today, it's totally different. But back then, I gotta say that uh, to me, it was pretty alien world because, you know, I was, I, I still am a huge fan of Mobius, you know, Jean Giraud. So, right. so I read like all of his stuff, you know, I was a huge fan of, uh, there's this Italian guy, Dino Battaglia, you know. Okay. Uh, so that guy mostly did like a history comics and stuff like that. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's just uh, the way he told stories and how it looked like. Uh, I'm always perplexed how little people in U.S. know about him. You know, <laughs> everybody's talking about, uh, you know, Sergio Topi. But I think uh, Sergio Topi is just uh, Dino Battaglia for poor people. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, uh, Fernando Fernandez, you know, that's the guy who did like painted comics. That's uh, pretty yeah. much when I started, you, you you know, that guy. Yeah. He passed away recently. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. So, so, you know, like uh, he did this uh, book called Zora, which was uh, like, I loved it as a kid, you know, there was Frank Hampton, you know, like a British guy. Uh, mm -hmm. there, there was, you know, a bunch of different people herman uh, a guy from belgium uh so so that was my regular diet you might say i i, I liked uh, like a lot of underground stuff too like mm -hmm. uh, one, one of the things that i really liked and people in u.s kind of uh, get surprised by it uh, is friedman brothers if you know those guys what what were they known for 
uh well they were they were doing uh, like uh this grotesque uh, like a uh, couple of page short uh, uh humor comics but they were done like ultra it's ultra precision it's like almost uh, like every panel is like a photograph you know oh cool well yeah and i can hear in your voice like that there's a there's definitely like a american comics marvel way of like turn out as many comics as you can and get it in the kids hands and they all kind of look the same but as you i hear you talk it's like there's different types of styles and you had a well-balanced diet of artistic expression when it comes to comics uh where where you're growing up and i'm curious when you say like the x-men and fantastic were were shit to you what was it about that that was like uh, i don't know if i jive with this right now but it's the more like painted covers of conan which we now see like as a deep uh transition to what you do uh in your art but what was it about those early comics you're like ah not me not my taste i don't like that it's like bad brock here's the thing i did like a lot of american comics but from previous era i'm a huge fan of milton caniff you know harold foster stuff like that you Mm -hmm. know from 30s 40s uh so i really loved that stuff uh uh uh, but this later stuff, you know, back in the 60s, there was kind of this move from uh, comic strips that were done for like general audience to like uh, what became mainstream was, uh, you know, Marvel and DC superhero comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to me, they were kid stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I mean, I read some kid stuff back home but but yeah. I grew up as a kid was some other kid stuff from europe you know okay <laughs> so, yeah. so i never kind of uh, had any nostalgia for that stuff and even today i'm like uh yeah i can see the influences and stuff like that but it's not really for me you know yeah was there a moment in your childhood that you were like i want to do this this is something i want to do for a living as an expression was there like do you already have a natural talent for writing and drawing or painting that you were like yep i'm gonna make this my career i'm gonna do this for the rest of my life was there an aha moment that you had there as a as a kid well here's the thing uh well i i obviously liked drawing as a kid uh, quite early on so i was kind of naturally inclined to go to art school uh but uh while at art school, I was really, uh, I mean, I started drawing comics because it was fun thing to do, especially some grotesque, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. humor stuff. Uh, but uh, uh, when I was in uh, second grade of high school, I started working in animation studio. And quite soon I decided that that's going to be my career. Uh there was this uh, kind of art animation studio in Zagreb that uh, back then still did uh, really good work. And I found myself in that. Uh, so comics were just my hobby, really. Okay. I would occasionally do uh, like a painted illustration or a black and white illustration if they were printing uh, like that. Uh but uh, what I saw as, uh, you know, doing for the rest of my life was actually animation. Uh, but then uh, in the early 90s, we had a war. And uh, that was the end of animation industry as it was in uh, mm. Literally, there were a couple of studios that were doing it. They were all closed down. And, uh, you know, only one studio remained with like 30% of its... Uh, staff uh, before the war 
and uh, that was pretty much suddenly all I had left was uh, my hobbies, which mm. were comics and illustration. You know. Yeah. When now I I know that like you've mentioned a lot of different influences already, and like it's like. I feel like people are going to have to go back and be like, hey, Google these names. If you don't know them, because Isad said a bunch of names, you should probably go check out. Um, But I like when I look at like a normal, you say like whatever Marvel came out with this week in comics, like I'll look down the list and I'll be like, okay, some of these things look the same. And uh, but then like I can tell an Isad Ribbit cover from a lineup. Like, cause it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's unique. It stands out. And I was wondering if you could maybe like describe to people, like what, like why your comics look different. Cause I feel like they, they, they stand out in a lineup. Uh, at least they always have for, for me. Uh, not sure. Uh, uh, Are there certain techniques that you use that maybe aren't as common? Like, I don't know. Like uh, I don't think uh, my technique is that special. Uh, I I just use cl- uh, classic uh, gouache and tempera. Uh, uh, I love chiaroscuro style, you know, from Renaissance, like uh, Caravaggio, that kind of stuff. Uh, I grew up copying a lot of his stuff. Uh, uh, but then I saw, uh, you know, uh, Frazetta, and that kind of hit the chord with me yeah. quite a lot. You know? So I would say that uh, probably those two are the biggest influence of what I'm doing today. You know, there, there are some other influences later, but probably those two are most visible. I, I don't know, at least to my eyes. Anyways, uh, I will always try to, uh, let's say, suggest a story. There's a there's a way to do a human figure to suggest a story or just a pose, you know. Okay. Uh, so if you go for just a pose, it's more decorative. And I always go for like a more evocative, uh, let's call it like that, uh, uh, image that will kind of look like it's a part of a bigger image and uh, like doesn't really tell you the story because you can't tell the story in just one image, you know, but kind of hints at it, you know, so that would be like my basic approach to pretty much all my covers. Okay. I I, I just, I I have often described uh, you and it's, it's crazy. You said, that you're influenced by Renaissance painters. Cause on this show, I have, I have, you know, maybe not even knowing fully what I mean by it. I was like, man, when I look at these, you know, these, these interiors and these covers, I'm like, I feel like it's like, I'm looking at the work of a Renaissance painter. Cause it just, it looks, <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy that you said that. Cause I was like, well, holy shit, that validates what I've been saying for years. Um, but, uh, but it really did like, it, it, it stood out. And like, when we get into like talking about King Thor and, you know, obviously the, you know, creation of gore and all that, like, you know, it's going to be um, a little more focused there, but um, yeah, I'm, I, I just was, I really wanted to ask you about the, the, the style and, you know, you mentioning Frazetta makes complete sense. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. Like um, 
Well, in terms of what is your normal, I'm always curious about this as, as you know, I, I consume these comics, read these comics, love these comics, love these stories, but like, what does a normal day of work look like for, for you? Like in terms of like, wake up in the morning, you do one page, two pages, one image, one panel, one cover, I guess it depends on what assignment you're on or what you're contracted to do for a particular, um, you know, company or, or, or story, but, but what does a normal work day look like for you? So uh, usually I wake up and just go to a bar for a coffee, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, same, same. That's my, that's my morning ritual. Uh, and then when I start working, uh, it kind of depends. Uh, I do some commissions at home, not much, but occasionally I will. Uh, I always do some cover and then I always do a bunch of pages. Uh uh, gotcha. if, if I have a good idea of what I want to do on a page, I will probably just go and finish that page, you know, one day. If I don't, I might go and start uh, doing like four different pages, you know. Hmm. So okay. I might, uh, you know, do one panel on one and then uh, get, you know, getting second thoughts about uh, what I did in the layout. Maybe I should change it up. And then I wouldn't waste time in waiting, you know, like uh, to to get the idea. I would just put it aside, start another page, you know. Okay. And then, right. uh, you know, you do something, and it's like, aha! You go back to that one, and then you keep on doing it. So, okay. Uh, there's all of that stuff, uh, and you know, obviously, when you when you close to a deadline. Then you suddenly, you know, decide that uh, whatever you come up first is going to go on a page. Because <laughs> right, right. Deadlines. <laughs> those deadlines. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I would say the deadlines are the biggest inspiration. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm I'm not entirely sure. I because I, I I mentioned this. Um, I believe I mentioned this to to, to Jason when we mm -hmm. spoke last year. I came across on the internet i came across a it says it's an isad ribic superman commission and i i i've i found this and it has has your name on it someone must have maybe posted like something that they got from you i was like isad doing superman holy shit that mm -hmm. looks amazing mm -hmm. um i like and it made me like it made me kind of like fantasy book in my mind like what would an Isad Rivik Superman comic look like? Um, and I, I just wanted you to know, like, that was, it was incredible. Probably my favorite Superman. And uh, I know, like, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, to my knowledge, you haven't worked on much DC stuff or any. Have you? I actually have because uh, in uh, late 90s, I was working in Vertigo. Oh, okay. So that, would, that would count. Yeah, uh, so uh, I did a couple of short stories, some covers, and I did one for issue miniseries. Uh, uh, and then I uh, kind of got in a dispute with the, with the main editor of the line. And just before that, I got offered to move to Marvel because okay. back then, if you remember, they were bankrupt. So they couldn't really get the big name artists. So they were kind of going for the beginners who were cheap enough for them, you know, to work. And since I was beginner in DC too, so the beginner uh, 
Pager 18 Marvel was actually ten dollars more for me. So oh, nice. Like, yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I moved uh, to Marvel like in like uh, February 2000, something like that, long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so that uh, Superman that you're talking about is probably. Uh, I took a sabbatical from Marvel after I finished uh, Secret Wars, and I okay. was doing something else for well, almost two years or full two years. And uh, during that time, uh, I did sign a new exclusive with Marvel, but with with the stipulation that it will start working when I go back to Marvel. So I did a couple of covers for DC. But hmm. for whatever reason, they didn't publish it those when they were supposed to. Oh, okay. They, they decided to publish them when I was already back in Marvel, and Marvel could just stop them because I had an exclusive with them. Even though I did those covers in that two okay. years where, I, where, where they could actually publish them, you know. So that was wow. it for that. So it kind of got... Uh, you know, removed uh, and uh, never published. So I later sold them as, uh, well, covers that uh, that were not published. You know, I I, I would I well I'll put it this way. I know this that I, I run a Thor podcast, but that one like it caught it caught my eye. I was like, damn, my imagination is running wild with this one. Um, I, I I do know that like through your time with Marvel. Will and I talked about this before and like just how many like heavy hitters you've worked with, with, you know, as a writing artist team, you know, off the top of my head, I was thinking, you know, obviously secret wars, like you just mentioned with Jonathan Hickman, um, silver surfer with Straczynski, you're now working with Karen Gillen on eternals. And I oh, that's not, that's finished. You're, oh, uh, oh, you are done with that. Um, yeah, I'm back on a new project that I probably can talk about. So, so we, uh, we, we won't talk about that. Oh, <laughs> okay. What was, I mean, what was your experience? Uh, just like, what was your experience on Eternals? Like, you know, bringing that, bringing that to an end. Because um, that was uh, your latest series, to my knowledge. Well, uh, well, uh, let's say it was, uh, it was definitely completely unknown thing to me because I never read it. Eternals, I don't think I ever heard of them until, uh, uh, you know, no, uh, I would say that uh, one of my friends who's like a big fan of Kirby showed me uh, like Eternals book before of that, but I was totally uninterested because, you know, I'm not a Kirby fan really. Uh, so I didn't know nothing. Uh, so they sent me the old stuff so i went through through that just to to kind of see what i'm going to do but more to see what i'm not going to do uh because i really want <laughs> yes. to something... <laughs> well, i wanted to do something new uh and yeah 100% the character the characters have to be kind of recognizable as what they are uh and uh, you know, you cannot change them too much, but you can change them, you know, enough to put your stamp on it and uh, kind of make them look a bit different. Uh, uh, so that was my idea. Uh, the thing is, though, like uh, Eternals is such a preposterous, you know, camp concept 
that I thought that it either should go all the way in into uh, just uh, uh, camp grotesque territory or be that serious. In the end, it was kind of in between. I, I think that kind of uh, robbed the book of uh, its potential uh, impact. I think that since uh, what didn't help was uh, that they were doing that movie. Uh, right, at, the, at around the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, I do remember though, like, uh, they, they were sending, they sent me like some uh, movie material, you know, like uh, costumes and stuff like that. And I'm, uh, I look at that shit and I'm like, <laughs> okay, good joke. Can you now show me the the real stuff? No, <laughs> yeah, we got our jokes out of the way. Let's, uh, that's let's the, real the real stuff. stuff. <laughs> I'm like, you must be joking. It's funny. It's like that awkward moment when someone makes a joke and they're waiting for you know a laugh, but the other person's like, "No, it's, it it's not a joke. I'm not laughing." That's <laughs> pretty funny because I, I think Marvel does a good job in a sense. Like, hey, we have a big movie, a blockbuster's coming out. We want to like synergize this thing and, and get out some books and let people know that where these characters come from. But if the movie doesn't do well or the concepts don't don't land, then it kind of suffers for the sell of the book too. Like, yeah, I. I, I uh, to tell you the truth, I don't think there's too much influence on the book sales uh, from the movie. Hmm. Uh, I remember back in uh, first Spider-Man days, everybody was expecting uh, once movie gets out, everybody was very, you know, like, oh, uh, we saw the movie, it's great, you know. So the movie comes out and it's a huge fucking hit, you know, it makes like what... 1.5 billion dollars or whatever <laughs> and uh, the spider-man sales bumped like 5,000 for the next two months and that was it because huh. mm -hmm. it's literally it's not the same crowd like uh, people know about those characters but they're not going to read comics no matter what you know yeah, there's sure. there's a certain percentage of population that's interested in comics and it's almost impossible to make others read them, you know? Mm. And mm. and it's not a bad thing. It's just reality, you know? Concentrate with whatever you do on those people who already read that stuff. You will gain a little bit of audience from, from sides if you change, uh, you know, uh, your approach a bit and stuff like that. But you cannot really expect to have you know, a uh, uh, huge audience suddenly because this character became popular in the movie, you know? It's a fucking yeah. movie. It's a movie-going audience, and and that's pretty <laughs> much, you know? Love it. Yeah. How, how did the... Uh, so, how did the opportunity for you to work with Jason on Thor come about? Because that's where, like... In terms of my comic book reading, I mean, I remember uh, one of the first comics I ever bought was uh, an Esad Ribic Thor comic, you know, uh, you and Jason doing Thor. I was like, hey, this guy kind of looks, you know, I, I've told this story many times on the podcast. Like I was I was a kid where I grew up, you know, near no comic book stores. Um, I grew up with Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. And I was like, hey, this guy looks like he's a little bit of both, like kind of spacey, kind of fantasy like. And then I finally went to a comic book store and I, I was like, hmm, I need to find I need to find some of these Thor comics. 
how did that opportunity for you to work with Jason on Thor come come about? Can you tell us how that whole process kind of happened? So I would say, uh, so years ago before that, I did uh, uh, the painted book, uh, like uh, it was uh, Marvel Knights, like limited series called Loki. Okay. And, uh, uh, they renamed it afterwards into Thor and Loki, Blood Brothers, for whatever fucking reason, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, 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 back when I did that, they uh, the, the Thor showed up only on a couple of pages of, of, of that thing, you know. But they kind of really liked uh, uh, how I drew Thor in there. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, there there were there were people in the office who were like, oh, yeah, I would really like to put you on a Thor book in the future. I would really like to put you in a Thor book in the future. But back then I was only doing those Marvel Knights mini books, you know, like four or five issue books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like Submariner depths and stuff like that, and I wasn't really interested in uh, going to continuity, as they call it. Uh, uh, but then years later, uh, you know, European approach thing. Uh, years later, they kind of when Disney uh, took over, they kind of stopped publishing uh, Marvel Knights books. So at first I thought that I would still be able to do those because my Marvel Knights book sold. Like apparently a lot of Marvel Knights book didn't sell very well. So they decided to kill the line. But I was like, I'm okay. My book sold. But turned out, no, they were like, yeah, fuck you, bitches. You're, you know, there's only continuity now and that's it. So, uh, you know, since that happened, and uh, suddenly somebody in the uh you know office was like oh yeah we really liked asset store so maybe we should put him on that and then sometimes afterwards uh, you know uh jason pitched uh, that uh, story uh and uh, you know was it his idea for me to draw it or was it some, I don't know whose idea was it, uh, but I got offered to do it. And then I uh, got uh, to to see Jason on a show before we started doing it. And uh, he was all uh, squirrely like, oh, it's going to be, oh yeah, if you do it, it's going to be great, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, yeah, well, I guess I mean then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what because back then i wasn't sure what i wanted to do you know okay I guess. Uh, uh so uh you know i was like okay there's a lot of viking stuff i like viking stuff you know so there's gonna be uh you know some stuff i like to draw there's uh, uh there's very little actual continuity you know great mm-hmm. I, right uh, you know, think about uh, how to uh, make something ridiculous, not looking ridiculous, you know, because there's like a lot of guest characters. Uh, and it was pretty much mythology approach, which I'm all for, you know. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, 
I'm a big fan of mythology. And if I can mythologize superhero, I don't care if it's a superhero or not. Uh, but uh, superheroes per se, nah, not that much of a fan of that stuff. Uh, I can do it, but I would rather do, you know, mythology or sci-fi. Uh, so, uh, you know, once I started doing it, I was like, yeah, this was the right decision. It's a great fucking story. And, uh, you know, uh, let's have our fun with that. Uh, we already worked before. We did like a one thirty-page short thing. Was it what a Wolverine comic? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's so like it the list or something like other. that. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Rain. What the fuck was it called? Ah, who cares? Uh, <laughs> Some Rain. big crossover. No, no, it was Wolverine Dark Rain. I think. Uh, okay, Wolverine Dark Rain. Or maybe not. Yeah, I don't remember. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so we knew uh, each other already. We worked together and it kind of worked uh, nice. He liked what I did uh, with that script of his. Uh, and uh, I didn't like uh, the way it was inked and colored because, uh, you know, my original choices weren't available and stuff like that. So for... Uh, for uh, after after that first uh, thing that we did together, I decided to change my approach a little bit. So I started doing that uh, uh, pencils that I bump up in Photoshop with the grayscales that I do in Photoshop Layer. Hmm. Uh, so it all kind of looks a bit more like a painted comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. But something that you can actually do fast enough to do a monthly book, you know. Because yeah. obviously, if you paint, you can do five pages a month or six. If you look like wow. this, you can do 20, you know? <laughs> right, right. It's just, you know, the rate, rate of how you get how you get shit done. Um, <laughs> yes, but the thing is, I always thought, uh, you know, in values, not in graphics. So I always thought like a painter, not mm. as a comic artist, really. So... I, I decided that the, if I'm going to do stuff that's not painted comics, I better come up with a style that I will like. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that will rely more of what I see are uh, my strengths, you know, as an artist. Yeah. Than something, you know, elsewhere, you know, there's a bunch of people who do a great uh, graphic based stuff and I can't do it. I can do something else, though. Right. So when I do that and find a technical way how to do it fast enough, you know, and and that's where I I you know it, with there's three main you know kind of three main I would say like influences or styles on this Jason Aaron run of Thor. You know, you have yourself, and you have mm -hmm. Russell Dodderman who uh, was was after yourself, and then uh, Mike Del Mundo has that that stint towards the end. I've always mm -hmm. appreciated that every single one of you like I. I, I don't get mixed up like whose comics are whose because the styles are so distinct. And I wanted to know, like when you go into this book and you're going to do a continuity comic, like you said, what, what inspired your version of Thor? Okay. So if you take a look at that Loki book, you will see that pretty much Thor, the way I did it there, uh, was the same as I did it in uh, God of Thunder. 
Uh, only difference is the costume, uh, which I wanted to do a bit to to kind of resemble more of an actual warrior costume from uh, Viking era. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so so I went for that kind of look, uh, uh, and. M- when I was doing Loki, there was there was this movie uh, with <laughs> Antonio Banderas from All People uh, called Thirteenth uh, Warrior. Okay, yep. yeah. Uh, so there was uh, this Polish actor there who actually played uh, Beowulf. His name is uh, uh, Boris Kulic, I think. That guy looked like Thor. You know, and nice. uh, I'm gonna look sorry him up right now. Say, sorry to say, Hemsworth is not even close to looking like Thor, like that guy. You know, <laughs> okay. come back to that movie, look at that fucking guy, tell me this is not the Thor. <laughs> nice, nice. So, that, that was my inspiration, main one. Okay. I love it. And I love that um, you definitely can. I mean, I love hearing this evolution of how you got onto the book with with Jason Aaron that became like a pretty major run that eventually becomes a movie where you have a new villain in the Marvel Universe. We have it up to that point. Yeah, people are trying to create new characters. A lot of them don't stick, but they eventually like here's as they're they're doing it on the big screen. But going back and looking at your Loki comic like. <clears throat> yeah, that what you did Thor is what you brought in there. But in terms of your how you depict Loki. I was telling Ryan earlier, like you're not he your Loki in that book is not a handsome MCU, all the girls are swooning over. Like this particular Loki that you're doing is is beat up, he's missing teeth, he looks like he is he he's menacing. Um, and you don't want to hang out with this god of mischief. You don't want to like date exactly, this yeah. god of mischief. And and I I just I admire that so much. And then to see your style, I could definitely see where Mar would be like, yeah, if we're gonna do this Thor book, this is the guy we want want for it. And Jason Aaron making the pitch that we're gonna do something pretty big with a brand new villain called called the God Butcher. Um, you, and that kind of diamondism that's gonna go on in that book and the battle between how how your style would fit fit that that particular character. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Uh, the thing with the depiction of Loki, which some people didn't like at all, like uh, they were like, "Yeah, I like the book, uh, but uh, why the fuck does he look like a old grandpa or something?" <laughs> and, and the thing is, really, uh, like sometime before uh, uh, doing that book, uh, uh, I bought this. Uh, there's this uh, uh, Richard Wagner uh, theater in Germany that only does Richard Wagner productions, you know, his operas, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Ring of Nibelung, stuff like that. So they do this really uh, uh, like 19th century high tech, uh, you know, opera uh, things where they have like a very elaborated backgrounds and a lot of mechanical effects and stuff. And this DVD uh, box set that I bought was uh, uh, shot with like 30 cameras and they pretty much uh, edited it like a movie. Hmm. You know, so uh, it looks fucking great. All of it is like uh, quite realistic, much more realistic than usually what you expect from opera, you know. Hmm. But then it's very 
it's uh, it's totally artificial too. You can see that it's not it, it's just more realistic than opera. It's not fully real, not even close to actually being realistic. And there is some opera conventions where you know the uh, evil guy has to be seen the moment he shows up. So so they would do them. They would usually be old, ugly shit like that. You know. Yeah. So I was kind of doing Loki as. Wagnerian opera of that type that was my main ins inspiration so okay that's why, that's why I didn't really bother with uh like giving it a lot of depth that's of field you know like uh, mm -hmm. I wanted it to look look a bit uh, artificial you know like it's a uh, staged okay love it it's total love sense. It. Yeah. So, so that was that was uh, my inspiration for for that stuff and I guess that's what Jason liked. Although in 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 our run on tour, I went for a bit different approach. I wanted it to be more epic, let's say. I with Will Will uh, was saying, you know, like there's oftentimes you know villains villains in modern comics. Some of them, most of them, probably don't stick, or they're usually like they're they're there for a limited series, and then they're defeated at the end, and you know someone will resurrect them 10 years 15 years later but you designed this villain that is i mean pretty synonymous with thor comics now um where did what inspirations where did the design for gore the god butcher come from okay uh uh so uh when i was a kid uh, i saw this uh yugoslavian movie from like i think it was late 70s and uh, it was uh, based on some folk tales. Uh, and it's basically a story about the devil uh, who decides to leave the hell and go out to just to spend some time and see where all these people come from because he just can't comprehend uh, uh, what kind of people he gets into hell, you know? So he was like... <laughs> Where do these sickos come from? <laughs> I want to see what creates those people that come to my place in the end. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So so he kind of uh, disguises himself, cuts off his uh, horns, you know, and uh, removes uh, all of the, you know, devil, you know, signs from him, except one of his legs. He cannot change one of his goat legs into human leg. So he gets out of the well with like a long black coat and he's limping because he has one human oh. leg and one goat leg. Okay. And that was that was my uh inspiration for Gore, you know. So wow. uh I drew him with uh, uh, one human and one uh, let's say goat goat <laughs> slash alien leg. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. the idea is that he's limping. You know, oh, man. He's, I, uh, he's basically uh, like uh, very powerful, but uh, very fucked up at the same time. You know, <laughs> yeah, that, like that he is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so that was the thing. So, so I kind of tried in a couple of places in, in the book uh, show him walking. You know, like like he's limping. But the problem is. Uh, uh, those are static images, so uh, I don't think too many people picked it up. You know, I didn't until you just said it, and now I'm looking at it like, yeah, there it is. 
one leg's different than the other. Like you're completely wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go through my long box after this. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. I, okay. I, you know what, Isad, you could have given me a you could have given me a thousand guesses on where the inspiration from Gore came from. I don't think I would have I don't think I would have even come close. I mean, that's that's so awesome that like something like you say from your childhood, you went back and were like, Yeah, let's 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 base a villain after this guy. Because uh, folklore of the devil wanting to see like where are these shit bags coming from? Like I, I, um, but so, so when Jason Aaron gives you the script or the storyline, there's no description of what Gore looks like, or is he like have fun uh, yeah. with it? Or, or is he give like, Oh, I want him to look kind of like this or that, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's like collaboration and like that. He's not telling you, not micromanaging you what to draw, but you know, in terms of direction and how you guys work together, how did, how did that flow? Yeah, to tell to tell you the truth, uh, like I don't think that he fleshed it out uh, too much. Like uh, there was this requirement that uh, he would have uh, this black cloak that turns into everything. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. But uh, apart from that, I think he just said uh, that he wanted him to look macabre. Like he wanted him to look like a villain right away. Mm -hmm. So I kind of. Well, I think it was me. I don't remember, but I think I came up with the idea to make his skin uh, like pale white. Oh, so yeah. You much have a black and white image in front of you, you know. Uh, and and that's the only black and white image, you know, whole mm -hmm. uh, frame that you're looking at. Uh, so that was that was another part of visual idea like uh, he's so determined and he's very black and white in uh, in in his uh, psyche and he's very black and white outside you know yeah he's like in that regard he's completely consistent let's say you know right did you you've mentioned you've mentioned art in our, in our conversation you mentioned art that is grotesque did you feel like you got to maybe play a little bit with the grotesqueness which some with some of the images exactly, that yeah. gore is a part of i mean yeah. he's it's, it's really like i uh outside of this i like i i really loved um it's started just a quick callback i really loved what you did with the namor comic the deep um because uh -huh. that that almost felt like a like an underwater horror comic i i, I was yeah, i was really weird one for you i was really i was I was like, if they made this into a movie, I'm not sure I would go. Um, but like when, <laughs> when, when, when you do gore, Good job I'm like, on my part then. <laughs> Mission <laughs> accomplished. Well done. And there's parts with gore. I'm like, oh, he's he's just so he's just so creepy and eerie, and I don't know what he's gonna do next. And the thing that I I know gore is not gonna do is you know you know twiddle his thumbs like a cackling you know snidely whiplash villain like he's he's a very serious character but he's also a very like he's a almost a a, a chilling character and i loved how like the grotesque nature of him really came through like mm -hmm. I, I, he is yeah, yeah, quite yeah, because, a... uh, i was working hard on that grotesque uh, uh because uh you can you can uh you can do grotesque and overdo it uh, so it becomes just uh, funny, you know? Yeah. But you can uh, dial down grotesque uh, and suggest it, and then it kind of becomes chilling. Yeah. So funny and chilling are kind of, you know, uh, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. You know? I, I just, I, 
the images the images of gore that i have from like reading you know reading this run several times is you know they're very like the one of him crouching on the rock when uh when he he's he's talking to to young thor or the one where he's got he's got thor chained up like upside down uh i really love that like really anytime his shadow monsters are involved i love you know kind of the the consuming nature of that i mean it's I, will and i have this joke where whenever we have creators on it it's like hey remember when you did this cool thing so i, I won't i won't continue <laughs> and i don't <laughs> and he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> you have the liberty of like ah yep that was uh forever ago and i've forgotten most of that <laughs> but... so, uh, uh, i in this case i do know what you're talking about uh but uh, all of those things that you said uh, i would say those are uh, the poses of him where he's actually relaxed Hmm. Uh, and the, well uh, one okay one when he's not relaxed is the uh the when we really see him the first time like his full his full body his full presentation is that that fight in the sky mm-hmm. um when he he's lunging he's lunging at thor you see his full face for the first time there's blood all over the freaking sky uh that i mean he makes a very big and different first impression because when when you've read enough comic books it's like oh here's a kind of a villain of the month here's kind of a you know oh you know this villain doesn't really move the meter for me when i saw gore for the first time i was like uh that guy's different um because he 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 doesn't look like a a, another villain that i've that i've seen um you know in my modern Yeah, yeah because because i was more going for like uh uh, something that, uh, let's say, villager from a 15th century would be afraid of. Something that they might, uh, so so like a folk tale uh, monster, yeah. not a comic book monster. You know, th- those are not the same things. There's a fine line between, you know, those yeah. those things. Uh, same same like with the you know approach to Thor, like. Uh, since Thor is a god, uh, you can't, you just can't do uh, certain things when you draw him. If you want to do him well, you got to treat him like, uh, you know, Michelangelo statue all of the time. Hmm. Right. Hmm. You know? So uh, every, every, every little movement, even if he's just picking a cup, has to have a little, Pathos to it, yeah. You know? Just huh. so you can uh, uh, <laughs> remind somebody, maybe even subconsciously, oh, this is the god that uh, you're looking at. It's not right. just a character, you know. <sighs> and then this other guy is the villain, you know. So you 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 try to kind of tweak what you do, you know, in in those kind of ways to 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 kind of suggest something, even. So let's say even if somebody never read the Thor comic book, uh, they should kind of, uh, you know, look at his pose and like, uh, okay, so this guy is not just a regular human, you know? Right. He's not. He's not your average Joe. Um, and yeah. I think the the whole like you know making making a villain feel different. This is just a, a short little one that I just re- I remembered. I was like, the the treatment that you give Galactus at one point is like oh i don't feel like galactus is a is a comic book character i feel like he is an entity unto himself um, yes uh, i treated him uh, like a 19th century uh, steel mill you know like a walking <laughs> factory 
So that's why he's constantly releasing a shitload of smoke. Right, he's smoking. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> like, Didn't even know. know. Like a factory that uh, uh, turns worlds into shit, pretty much, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of pretty, you know, uh, straight metaphor, you know? Because yeah, that's yeah. Is. I, yes, Galactus is a steel mill. Why not? Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a brief break. And then on the other part, uh, on the other side, we're going to talk about King Thor and putting a, putting a, 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 the final nail in the coffin of our, our finale uh, of the Jason Aaron run on Thor. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Isad Ribic. I hope you're enjoying the finale of the Jason Aaron retrospective. Yeah, I'm sure some of you are going to be emotional about it. It's going to be, you know, hard to move on from Jason Aaron comics, but don't worry. We've got a lot of great stuff planned for the rest of this year. And if you're a member of the Thor Corps, you can find out about all of that stuff weeks in advance. You can find out about our awesome guests that we have coming up and you get those interviews early. You're going to get early episodes bonus episodes and like i said you're going to find out about things that are going on way before everybody else so join the thor core today at the link in the episode description for a few bucks you can support the show help us keep the lights on help us take care of the things we need to pay for to keep the show on your podcast feed and in your in your podcast feed every single week we hope you enjoy this show and if you are able to support it financially that'd be awesome if not keep on listening for more great episodes like the remainder of our conversation with Marvel artist Isad Rebic. Was it kind of always the plan for you to come back and finish Gore and Thor's story? Uh, from what I remember, uh, original plan was to have like a self-contained uh, I would say 20 or 30 issue uh, run but then uh, uh, for whatever reason uh, that got changed after after the God Bomb story okay you know? they put in uh, uh, that uh, Malekit uh, mini yeah the, the Accursed storyline yeah that was originally supposed to be like uh, its own mini series Okay. But then uh, I guess marketing decided to put it in as a part of our story. And that kind of fucked up uh, uh, that original idea uh, concept for the run. Uh, so it got changed. Uh, they wanted me to draw that Malekit story, but I, I refused to do it because it wasn't, you know, it's like we just did uh, like a 12 issue of pure mythology stuff an epic uh, back into marvel <laughs> universe doing uh, idiotic villains because Mal malekit is really bad character i i don't you know like what the fuck you're uh, you know you're kind of destroying the great idea for something that's bad and for something that's there just to tie it in with the tor movie that was happening at that time Mm. Uh, in hope it would, uh, you know, sell more books, but it never does. So it didn't in this case either. Mm -hmm. So what the fuck, you know? 
So I decided I don't want to do it in a hope that they might, you know, give up on that idea. <laughs> but <laughs> right. <laughs> it turned out to be stupidity. My side. Uh, so <laughs> after that, you know, I got back uh, on the next arc, but it was totally different thing. It wasn't mythology anymore. And I was, I got to say that quite quickly, I was, uh, you know, thinking about uh, planning my exit. Okay. From it. Mind you, uh, I don't think that Jason did a bad job on it. Uh, but I would rather see some other characters in that kind of story than Thor, you know, because we just did like full year of like, okay, yeah, this is what we're doing. You know, after you've done that, yeah, I don't, don't want to do this, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So did you feel like so, a, after God Bomb, it was like that, that would have been like a good, like, okay, that story is done. Or did you have, did you guys already have kind of like what you did in King Thor in mind? Because King Thor is, I mean, you, you go back to a lot of the same beats of those first 12 episodes or uh, issues. Well, uh, uh, now, uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, I can't really tell you what original uh, uh, plan that Jason had was. Yeah. You know, but it, I'm pretty sure it wasn't what uh, transpired in the end. I'm pretty sure Malik, it wasn't supposed to be in it. And I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be at, about something else afterwards that too. Okay. So he kind of had to change uh, what he was doing, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, I decided it wasn't really for me. I wanted to do something else because, uh, you know, uh, first year we spent doing pure mythology with Thor. And I would say that's, that's, that's what I think actually Thor character should be, you know, <laughs> And then uh, this uh, this other story was kind of uh, so it's already a villain that was introduced before. Uh, uh, I didn't really have a freedom to reimagine that villain into something new, uh, and uh, that uh, you know uh, Taurus uh, thing I fought. I, I just don't think that villain is very good. It could be done much better, you know? Okay. So, so suddenly, you know, uh, dealing with the corporate uh, stuff in the Thor comic, I was like, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> those, so, few, those, those few years go by, then, like, who reaches out to you for King Thor and, like, what was the pitch for King Thor? Oh, Jason, because uh, uh, he wanted, uh, since he started uh, his tour run with me, he wanted to finish it too. So he came up with that uh, King Thor story to kind of wrap up uh, his uh, run. And I was happy to do it. It was more your mind, your mindset. Oh, I, I get to go back to like a character that well, I. Yeah, it was much more uh, back to uh, what we were doing before. It was much more uh, mythology than uh, than superhero stuff. So yeah. So getting back into 
King Thor, kind of the the um as you you said, the continuity of our of our regular universe Thor has ended. War of the Realms has happened. We've gotten some of the post, you know, the the you know Thor becoming king, Odin giving his powers back over. And now we have this this epilogue that is I think these four issues of might be some of my favorite Thor comics of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's because oh, like they <laughs> it's so bat crap <laughs> off the hook. Like, and then it just feels like it feels like one of those comic book runs where like they keep amping it up. And you're like, sometimes when I read you know those limited series, you know, four or five, six issues, I'm like, I'll get to that, you know, pent ultimate issue and be like, how the hell are we gonna wrap this up? And mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, uh, you know, Will and I have tons of stuff to say about the last issue, but I was wondering if Will, could you give kind of like a synopsis of this limited series and then we'll just kind of like pick at a few parts and, and then we'll, we'll wrap up when i guess we we feel like we've we've shot the bolt <laughs> yeah yeah so so this limited series this four issue limited series king thor number one through four but but let me remind you as i'm known to do on this podcast it's oh, not God. only it's not only king thor number one but it's legacy, about legacy number numbers. legacy number 723 so they found a way to say like hey underneath the number one this is a part of the ongoing continuity but if they're bringing the band back together again not only the original creator team that that blew the doors off the original run but here they're they're back again to do this and and uh yeah you have old um thor the the all-father you have his granddaughters of thunder and then Loki shows up as Loki, the all butcher, who's has the necro sword, has that. And you have this kind of classic Loki um, Thor battle in the sky with kind of a desolate, desolated uh, universe. The universe is dead. Um, even all the gods are dead. They're the yeah. only one, they're the only the ones that, that are left. Um, but they have this battle. And then towards the end, the big reveal is that Gore is not dead. And you're kind of left with this cliffhanger of like, all right, how did he come back? And then you kind of find out that he's bonded with the Necro Sword and they're all black. And so this really is what kept him alive. You woken him from a sleep. It was a it was a nice peaceful sleep. You don't have to worry about all these yeah, shithead he guys. He became a god. He became a god. Yeah. He became the God Butcher became a, a god and came back. So then you have this kind of again, this backdrop of of the library and telling the stories of the gods. And this is a part of the legacy. And um, and you can really tell that both of you. Uh, Jason Aaron that like he this is a goodbye this is a swan song this is like uh, a salute to all that we've done and want to just throw everything in the kitchen sink even like <laughs> like like dinosaurs uh, like like flying sharks and and things going that you have at one point have him th- uh, throw a sun or a star at uh gore as a weapon why the hell not (laughs) just hurl it like a catapult like he uses the hammer to swirl it to catch it and it's like you know tornado whatever and hurls a sun at somebody and i was every step along the way is pretty so that's that's what you get but this it is long drawn out not only like amazing art but like you have this kind of narration text of what's going on of someone telling the story but also gore and and thor finally duking up to the very the very end it's I, i mean Aside, do you remember like getting these scripts, like getting these, you know, these kind of rundowns of what these issues are going to be like? What was it about this story that kind of like you're like, oh, I can do something with that, or like, oh, I'm really going to enjoy this part? What What were you looking forward to, you know, to to do in this limited series, this King Thor series? 
I I got to tell you, I said yes to it uh, simply on the strength of uh, him telling me that he wants to finish uh, his uh, Thor arc uh, with me, you know. So uh, there was really not much thought to it uh, than that on my side. And then I get the script. Uh, <laughs> I did got like a short treatment before that. But when you read it in that form, it's like it's it's uh, the thing that it's all, it's all in execution. Yeah. You know, when you read the, uh, the synopsis, it's like, ah, okay, it can be good or bad, whatever, you know. Right. So, so uh, only when I got the uh, finished script of the first issue, you know, and I started reading that, uh, I kind of started, uh, you know, uh, thinking that uh, it was uh, Jason's practical joke on me. Uh, <laughs> because uh, he would just uh, write stuff that's easy to write. It's very easy <laughs> to write uh, well yeah or yeah. throws two sons at gore you yeah. know it's yeah. very easy to write that sure <laughs> i'll get right on that book there's more and more of that shit and i'm like you motherfucker you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's i i we've we've been privileged to talk to a few creators where the artists be like, like, how did you do that? They're like, I was given so little to go off of, but it was like, planet explodes. Okay, let's see how this goes. And like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I've got the last issue open uh, right next to me, and there's some stuff in here where I'm just like, how in the freaking world do you like? Do you start with like, okay, so Gore has now become the universe okay uh how do i make it look like he's this like skull in the sky but his his eyes are glowing and the universe is like tearing itself apart oh yeah and also then there's thor in the middle of it cracking lightning and so i just sometimes when i look at a comic and i'm just like yeah i i can do quite a few things in my life i i'm not i'm not sure i can ever do that um (laughs) and i just some of these images are just super impressive, man. I, thank you. <laughs> yeah, full well, gratitude. Let's go back to a, a couple of hundred uh, years uh, tradition of say, uh, sacral art, sacred art, you know, and look for inspiration there, you know. Uh, mm. So that's pretty much uh, how I how I did it because again, I wanted to make it feel more like uh, you know mythology and metaphor <laughs> than uh, than like concrete. yeah accomplished is iconography yeah like you said it's 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 like some some comic book iconography of of these of these images and and the storytelling the diamondism that that goes into it and. Um, yeah, and I I just love that collaborative effort of you and Jason of hearing, you know, you guys working well together on the initial run, then coming to this. That all it took was for him to say, "Hey, I want I want you on my final run. This is it. I'm going to put a letter at the end of this book to say thank you. I'm saying goodbye, uh, signing off. And and this is the artist that I want for it. And what you guys created before, and then with this, um, um, that's pretty special. So that's that's pretty okay. fun to hear that that that's your experience. You're like, yeah, it took with Jason to say, "Hey, I want to finish with you," and you're like, "Yep." 
cool let's let's do it yeah because if somebody does that uh, least you can do is to oblige you know yeah the the there's one design element here because you introduce a few characters that are I, you know it's it's i really love when people do like callbacks within their own stuff and jason writes in a callback in this in these four issues where he references the sky lords of indigar who mm-hmm. are the first victims that we see we actually see them you know hanging from the the giant meat hooks that you you yeah. created so grotesquely in the in the first issue um <laughs> but like we see them resurrected and they they have these all new designs and they're so unique and evocative of the thing that they are the gods of did you like just a, a brief little like question here did you have any like inspiration for those characters because you didn't really get to do anything with them in the first run even though they're they're mentioned just by name we get to bring them back and they're almost like their own little super team for those few issues right uh i think that a couple of those characters jason kind of described uh, in quite a detail okay in then some others he didn't so i don't really remember which ones uh, were more my design and which were which ones are more his design you know okay uh but i was just going for you know okay uh let's make this god uh, looks like uh, i don't know uh, like uh old germanic god let's make this other god look uh, more like uh you know uh some vedic character from india you know let's make this next character look uh kind of resemble god from some other religion and stuff like that that's that's how i kind of did like, them take from different pantheons like as you, yes, you kind yes. of go and um more like taking from different uh, visual representations of gods in uh, different civilizations, you know. Okay. Uh, I was really just going for a look. So, you know, there's uh, the the god of rot. What, what's his name? Fuck, I forgot. You know. So, oh. So he yeah. Kind of looks like uh, he's leprous, you know, or something yes. like that. You kind of try to draw him in a way to make you feel that like well this guy stinks like death you know like yeah uh, it, it you 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 draw draw him to like ev- evoke the the feeling that that person is representing um yeah yeah so i i just i really liked their design and they were kind of like a uh as i'm reading it along i'm like oh right i forgot these guys show up in this like they're not just like named characters that jason and Nisad killed off right away because throughout this whole you know saga with gore you reference a lot of characters that we never ever see yeah, and yeah. it's like a lot of names get thrown around and then we actually get to see this one um and uh it's just really because i think because i think uh since he changed his original plan for his run so much a lot of that uh, stuff was supposed to be shown way before okay got changed you know okay will i i don't i'm i'm kind of at the end of like my like what i was really curious about with king thor did you have anything else um before we get into our thunder round with isad ribic that you wanted (laughs) to uh, know about king thor and then we'll 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 shut the door 
No, I just can't recommend this, this these four issues. I mean, it almost seems like one big long issue uh kind of put together, but but towards the end, again, like this this imagining of like a grand library of the stories of the gods and mythology all in one, and there's still oh, stories gosh. to be told. So so you see like a, a a preview, you see a preview of what is to come, stories still to be told that we haven't even heard about, some we're hearing about now, and then some that could be told. So he, he not only created this mythos of, of what was happening, this new character, but there's also this kind of teaser to say like, there's more stories to be told that other people will pick up and run with that will stand on the shoulders of these creators and take. So, so that the end of this, shows you some some uh some good um teasers of what could be done with thor later on uh some more mythological some more superhero some wacky uh kind of stuff but but yeah it's it's a it's a great little run and a great bookend to yep. thank you very much yeah and and will that's will's uh pseudo plug for cop thor that he really wants Ga galactic <laughs> cop thor which he really wants i to. want that so bad uh oh, so, we've done on. that uh, i've done that in uh, secret wars uh, you know yeah you <laughs> we, did we need, we need to go back and read the, the thors i am i am that yeah. that was good you know, like when he's busting people uh gods for illegal use of plagues i was like that that phrase <laughs> itself like that came out of somebody's head illegal use that of is plagues. That is, I feel like that is a Jason Aaron phrase if I've ever heard one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But so, uh, Secret Wars is on the list next to go back and read. <laughs> Isad, I as as you are our, our guest of honor on this last episode of going through all these comics, like um, you've said a lot about you know your approach and um, how what you wanted to bring to these comics. Do you have any like if, as people are reading these, any like um, a word to the wise or like hey look for this as you're reading these comics as uh, something that readers and listeners can go back and um i don't know just maybe take with them as they uh approach your comics again like pay attention to gore's legs maybe <laughs> like like don't miss that will <laughs> his, his, goat, his goat leg <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that's that's a detail a detail i'm really uh happy with uh, mm -hmm. but uh, i don't think it's that important uh <laughs> uh but uh I don't know, like, uh, I would say uh, that uh, uh, what I'm really trying to achieve with those books is kind of like uh, have a, uh, as they say, transparent style, you know, which mm. would mean that after a couple of pages, you kind of stop uh, thinking about somebody's style and uh, kind of... Uh, see it as a reality that you're looking in front of me uh, yourself like uh, like you're watching a movie so if i manage to do that then i think i'm succeeded in, uh, in in what i'm doing uh, because when i grew up my favorite comics were the ones where i could just lose myself in you know yes. and uh, uh, those were very different in style, but uh, they had uh, some things in common. Uh, and uh, main thing uh, was like uh, integrity of storytelling and uh, integrity of style in a way where it's like uh, you don't do anything that will remind somebody that he's reading a comic when they mm. read it, you know. Mm, good point. Uh, so you don't want to do a lot of those comic tropes, you know, uh, have, I don't know, too much and too in your nose uh, sound effects, shit like that. Uh, because a lot of the times 
it kind of looks great with you know big sound effects somewhere but but the problem is that kind of reminds you you're reading a comic book uh, not witnessing reality let's say mm. you know so so i try to avoid mm. the, those kinds of uh, effects you know I, I will I, speaking on behalf of many many thor fans that have gotten lost in your comics for hours uh they definitely do they they uh they accomplish the goal that you set out for i thank you with, you're welcome uh well, everybody that is that's the end of of the of the jason aaron retrospective we finally did it um and you you were there for every episode and if you missed one go back and check it out we've had lots of great conversations <laughs> with creators uh with jason aaron with now isad ribic so the only thing we have to do with isad ne uh, next and our last thing is the thunder round uh ever since jason kind of dubbed this the thunder round we wanted to keep doing this with our awesome creators that come on and, and give their time just so you can get to know them a little bit more here we go i'm going to start off with the first one then will and i are going to kind of ping pong these back and forth so yeah so the thing with the lightning round thunder round is that you answer them as quick as you can it could be one phrase could be a word but like yeah. first thing that pops your mind there's no wrong or right answers it's just what pops in your head and they're all okay. about you, so you know it's who, who better to ask, who who better to be an expert on you than you. Yeah, um, this was <laughs> one. That we, <laughs> <laughs> this is one that we wanted to fit into the regular conversation, but we're just going to ask it now. When Isad Ribic is not creating comics, what is he doing? Uh, playing drums, reading, nice. uh, listening to music, uh, and going to bar. What so real quick? What what are you listening to right now? Like what is what's like the the album or the artist that like you're just vibing with right now? Uh, right now I'm kind of going uh, through through like a, let's say nostalgia phase uh, uh, because like a couple of years ago I started uh, playing with uh, some friends of mine and it's like uh, heavy metal stuff and. To tell you the truth, I don't really listen to that anymore for quite a long time, you know. I listen to everything else, really. Only rarely would I put it on by myself. But then I started to re-listening to that stuff that I used to listen like 30 years ago and stuff like that. So I'm kind of on that trip currently. Uh, I like... Uh, orchestral music and we were already talking about wagner and yeah. stuff you know? so so kind of uh lately uh on on some like early 20th century uh stuff that i listened to a lot but uh, then uh, for quite a few years i kind of forgot about like stravinsky Debussy, that kind of stuff guys uh, uh and what else uh currently yeah like what i listen today that was pretty much it so, <laughs> opposite opposite ends of the paradigm pretty much i love it i love it <laughs> not, so All much, right. not so much really because heavy metal is very orchestral in its approach you know as okay as a, apart from uh, progressive rock obviously you know it's most orchestral uh you know kind of rock music so it's not really that, uh, you know, that much of extreme. 
if okay. I said uh, early punk, that would be extreme. <laughs> that would be a little different, yeah. <laughs> or like improvised jazz. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Yeah, aside, like, all right, you've worked with comic books, you've worked with superheroes, you've done that. If you could have one, just one superpower, what would it be? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. To to uh, to be able uh, to get half drunk, but never fully drunk. <laughs> be able yes. To be in the zone, you know, forever. You're in the zone. <laughs> In the drink zone. Oh, we're just going to so put that good. like inside Rubik, which is he could live in the zone. <laughs> live in the drink zone. Yeah, that's cool. Because there's a fine line. There's a fine oh line. Um, yeah, because, I, you know, uh, exactly as you say, you know, uh, when I drink, uh, it's never my goal to get drunk. It's my goal to have fun. Yeah, but yeah. If you have too much, then it, it starts taking its toll on you, you know? <laughs> and... Uh, to me, drinking is a social activity that you do with good friends and yeah. talk, you know? Yeah. So yeah. once you start slurring your words and you can't really talk, no, you're no like, more talking. Yeah, yeah aside, I Ryan and I were able to hang out in person for the first time uh, in October. And oh, um, I was proud that I was able to feed him or give him a glass of mead. Uh, someone owns that a mead. Was... I mean, a third guy. I was like, here you go. Uh, that cheers. was legit. I didn't expect to like it, and I really did. Yeah, um, yeah. It's was it the proper meat though? Because you know they have uh, old recipes how it was done. Uh, you know in history, it was not Viking meat. I do not think it was Viking <laughs> meat, but it was definitely uh, meat from a meadery down there. It was like honey something something, uh, but it, it, it had a different flavor. I was like, man, I I, I was at a wedding. They were giving out meat. I, I grabbed a bottle and uh, brought it brought it to Ryan. Knowing he knowing he was coming to me and he was the Thor guy. We had to have some mead together uh, in honor of Thor. So we that's what we did. Although mead doesn't really have too much alcohol in it. It's only like what eight, nine percent, something like that, isn't it? Right, right. And Ryan's a little bit of a lightweight. I he he okay. it got him it got him a little bit. Um, I was like, come on, let's do something. But anyway, we're, we're not about talking. Asad. All right. We're not talking about me. We're talking <laughs> uh, Asad, what is what is your number one pet peeve? Pet peeve. Uh, something that bothers you. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, okay. Uh, mm, let's say uh, people who talk uh, about stuff they don't know shit about. Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I think I that would be a thing these days. Yeah, it's, it's like it takes... Uh, it takes very, uh, very little expertise to call to for someone to call themselves an expert. Um, That's right. Yeah, like two minute video on YouTube, and I know everything about. Oh, it. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, yep. And now yeah. everyone needs to address me as said expert. <laughs> yeah, because I, like you know, uh, there's stuff I know a little bit about, and there's a lot of stuff I don't, and if. If uh, conversation is about something I don't know, I will keep my mouth shut. You know, I will try to get informed about it from it, and uh, maybe if I get interested in that, I will look it up and stuff like that. But you know, in in that kind of situation, you can only really have a questions, nothing yeah. else. You know, uh, but I see that people just like to, uh, you know, just go in and answer, answer, know. answer, answer. 
Yeah, uh, any questions? You really don't know what you're talking about, don't you? <laughs> ah, what can you do? That's a good there one. That's go. a good one. Yeah, yeah. Less, um, more curiosity, less barking. Um, all right. So, if you could have dinner with any comic book creator, dead or alive, who would you want to have dinner with? Hmm. Or, or a good beer with that only gets you about halfway there. Yeah, in the zone with. Who you want to get in the zone with? <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta say, Harold Foster. Okay. Okay. Nice. For 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 some of our for some of our listeners who aren't like as adept with like golden age and like older stuff do you can you just explain like who who that is yeah it's uh, the creator of uh, prince valiant uh, before that he did the uh, i think he cre- co-created that character to rip kirby like a detective uh, thing that he did uh he was working from like what 30s to 50s Roughly, I would say, like early sixties. I think he died in sixties. Okay, so really I, old stuff before Marvel and DC and uh, yeah, some crazy. classic Golden Age stuff. Um, now, last question: um, Who is one comic book character, or let's just say character, because mm-hmm. um, you've expressed you know, so much interest interest across other mediums. Who's one character you would love to draw but haven't yet had the chance to? I can't really, uh, I, I can't really respond to that in okay. any other way. Uh, but uh, let's put it like this: uh, to me, characters are kind of tools. You know, character is like a hammer. So if you need to hit the nail, you take a hammer. And you do it. So character is a tool that has a certain uh, qualities about itself, which makes it good for certain tasks. So I will have to go with, it's always a story thing. I okay. do like to some characters more than others, uh, but uh, character itself is never really my uh, my prerogative. You know? Okay. That's right. Somebody yeah. does like because, for example, uh, Submariner, I never, uh, I, I never saw that fucking character in my life. I heard <laughs> of it. That was it. That's not the reason why I did the book. I did the book because, uh, uh, you know, the story was so fucking compelling, and uh, uh, I read uh, uh, there is a book that. Uh, uh, he did uh, in uh, in Vertigo. What the fuck was it called? Fuck, I, I just forgot my favorite Vertigo book's name. Uh, and, you know, like, uh, uh, I don't care which character it is in that kind of story, you know? Uh, because what we need is you know i will change it into what we need anyways so yeah it's yeah material if it's actually called uh, name or or something else right you know? so so that's that's how i see things if you got a great story that i can sink my teeth into i don't care about the character really because right. if you want to draw uh, you know tor i will just talk to them to do a cover of a tour, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to pick a story to do based on character. I I, I might uh, want to do covers, 
based on character. Okay. You know, I haven't there... done this character long enough, so so I, I would really like to do that character, you know, but uh, it, it was kind of thing, you know, with the Silver Surfer, for example. Uh, the story we did, I would definitely do, but then I read some Silver Surfer comics that they were doing uh, just before we did our thing, and if that those, any of those were uh, offered to me, I would say no. <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's a stupid story, you know. I'm not going to name any names, but even <laughs> if I like the character, you know, I'm you, not you're going to value story over character. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. I I I feel like hey, so so really the answer is the uh, the answer to which character do you haven't drawn yet do you want to draw is whichever one has the compelling story that I want exactly. to do. Yeah. Uh that's crazy. Is, Isad, thank you for playing our little game there. We really appreciate your time. Um, we, I'm, we, everybody, again, we we did an awesome thing this last year. We covered an entire run of comics spanning almost, almost if not over a hundred issues. So thank you all for being a part of this uh, this series. It's been it's been fantastic. Isad, thank you for your time. Uh, yeah, man. And, Thanks, uh, Will. We're gonna we're gonna sign off now, everybody. Um, if you want to go check out our show on Instagram, it's at Mighty Thor Podcast. If you want to support what we're doing here, highlighting Thor stories, creators, and conversations, you can go to the link in the episode description and join our Thor Core on Patreon. Uh, otherwise, we're gonna tell you to do what we what we do every single episode, and that is, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, until we see you next time aboard the Rainbow Bridge, stay worthy, everybody. <laughs>